days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Matchups to exploit against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is on the offensive side of the ball. That's what we're going to get into. Uh, plus, there's news out of Santa Clara. Some things that we have to talk about that could have some effects on the San Francisco 49ers as they move forward this season. So thanks so much for joining me for this episode. Like always, like and subscribe to the channel. Every time you like, it pushes it further out into the algorithm so your likes do a lot to help me out i really appreciate that of course if you're listening on an audio platform 49er cutback on believe please give it a five-star rating maybe leave a review i appreciate the great reviews that i've been getting uh you guys are truly the best so some things happen in san francisco now of course question marks around injuries has been a big part of it Colton mckivitz did not come out of the game unscathed the 49ers have already been playing without Aaron Banks, who's dealing with turf toe. But now Colton McKivitz was also dealing with a little bit of an injury as well. Kyle Shanahan revealed that it was an ankle and a knee that could limit his ability to perform against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So question marks were up in the air about Colton McKivitz' availability. People talking about Jalen Moore, about Matt Pryor. Who could assume that role at right tackle? Well, it looks like we may be okay. It looks like Colton McKivitz is going to be healthy enough to play against Tampa Bay. Now, it's not it's not like he's out of the water or anything like that. But uh, Colton McKivitz practiced today in a limited capacity, but he was out there. And I got to see some of the video of him performing on the field, and he looked like he was moving well. So that is good news for the San Francisco 49ers because their offensive line already being down one man with Aaron Banks and John Feliciano into that role at left starting guard. Warriors couldn't really afford to lose another guy. Of course, they were going to be okay. Jalen Moore started a couple games this season. Matt Pryor started a lot of games in the NFL over his career, and they would have been able to make do, but it definitely complicates game plans when you have to prepare for having a backup in there and not your normal starter. So that was good news. Uh, part of the bad news, though, is that they're going to be missing one of their offensive linemen, and I'll talk about that in one second. But the last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe uh, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. Uh, and where I want to start is talking about Nick Zakel. Uh Nick Zakel is going to be out uh, for the rest of the season. And, you know, for some they're saying, Hey, you know, Nick Zakel, he really didn't add much to this team. He hasn't really performed over the season. Uh, but the truth is Nick Zakel was a, Pivotal backup, somebody that could play a couple of different positions on the interior offensive line, but somebody they believe eventually could have five tool potential to play all five 
positions on the offensive line. So he tore his bicep. It's going to require season-ending surgery. And now the 49ers are probably going to make some changes there along the offensive line. They have capable bodies on the practice squad. Probably be one of those guys getting elevated. Now, will one of those players become a member of the active roster uh, before the Tampa Bay game? That is to be determined. The 49ers do have an active roster spot available, but they also have some players on IR they could deem that they want to activate somebody you know, like Sam Womack. So it doesn't mean for sure an active offensive lineman is going to come uh, to the roster. It could be another position, and they could just do a standard elevation from the practice squad from week to week. They do have four offensive linemen that are potentially available. So that was some of the news that happened today. Zakel down, but Colton McKivitt's back, and they're still waiting on Banks. He's still not practicing, so we'll see. I think Aaron Banks, hopefully – I, I would believe they're trying to get him back for Seattle. And if not Seattle, by Philadelphia, that would give him plenty of time. But when you're playing 12 games, I'm sorry, three games in 12 days, it kind of puts you in a situation where you're a little bit nervous, you know, about where you're going to be and, and what you're going to do. Uh, so it, it could come here pretty soon. We could find out more news about Aaron Banks. Uh, but right now, Kyle Shanahan hasn't really been willing to give anything up. Of course, offensive line play is huge. Uh, so you got to make sure you have the right guys on the interior offensive line. And the 49ers are going to have to do that. Of course, a lot of people already are calling for Ilm Manning to be the player that gets elevated. Of course, Ilm Manning was a fan favorite who was brought up uh, uh, many a times about a player that could potentially make the 53-man roster coming out of training camp. The 49ers ended up uh, waving. Ill Manning, he landed on Arizona Cardinals active roster uh, until they released him earlier in the year. The 49ers brought him back to the practice squad. And then Chris Furster said that Ill Manning was making a move from left tackle, which he played during training camp to the interior offensive line. So those guys are added back into the fold. And of course, those are going to be huge matchups in this game. Tampa Bay Buccaneers come with a really good defensive line to go against this 49ers offensive line. So let's talk about these matchups that are going to be so important to watch in this football game. And I have to start with Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is somebody that I'm really interested to see how he does in this matchup against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, secondary isn't exactly the most dominant. Now, they play pretty well. They play tough. They hit hard. Uh, they're aggressive. Uh, that's one thing you could say about this defense. It's highly aggressive. They want to get after you in every single chance they get. They want to come up. Uh, they want to hit you in the mouth. They want to make big-time plays. And a lot of times they get away with uh, maybe making some mistakes on the back end because they get too much pressure for you to be able to get home. But Brandon Ayuk has been a player that I have seen consistently make a lot of plays for the San Francisco 49ers. And we've seen him get back in the red zone last week. Uh, it, it was a great performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was making great routes, getting open, catching the football. And, you know, we've had some a little bit of drop problems there for Brandon Ayuk over the last, you know, three weeks during that losing streak. He dropped one against Cleveland. Uh, that could have been potentially a touchdown over Denzel Ward. Uh, he, he missed a, a open completion against the Bengals. That could have got the 49ers into field goal range at the end of the half. So, uh, there has been some opportunities for Brandon Ayuk to make even more plays, and he really hasn't been able to overcome, you know, some of the some of the question marks around him. But I do believe Ayuk is a number one receiver, and I think that's what gives the cornerbacks 
for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers some problems. And that's Carlton Davis and Jamil Dean. And the reason I believe he's going to be a problem for them is he's just so good at route running. I think he's going to have an opportunity to kind of turn these guys inside out. He's going to be able to create some separation. And just watching what the 49ers did to the Jacksonville Jaguars last week, the way they were able to use McCaffrey, use Debo Samuel, uh, not only in formationally, uh, but also in movement as far as motions and shifts uh, to kind of get some good matchups for other players. I think that Debo Samuel is going to garner a lot of attention in this game. And if you start focusing on where Debo Samuel is and where Christian McCaffrey is, uh, sometimes you don't game plan to stop Brandon Ayuk. And that gives Ayuk the opportunity to use his unique set of skills that he has. He's a tremendous route runner. He gets in and out of his breaks really well, and he can create natural separation. I know, you know Kyle Shanahan schemes things up and creates separation for his receivers, but Brandon Ayuk gets even more separation. Over two yards of separation is the norm for Brandon Ayuk. He's just been very fantastic. So I think this is a good matchup for the 49ers. I think they're going to have some opportunities to win on the outside. Now, of course, with all the blitzes that are going to come, you've got to get rid of the football quickly. Uh, but Ayuk is also really good at that. This could be a week the 49ers want to use quick slants, want to use some quick RPOs to take advantage of linebackers leaving their zone area. One of the things that's really big about playing a team that likes to blitz is they vacate certain areas where you can get rid of the football. So if you have some really good hot reads, uh, some check with me's, and you get to where one of those linebackers is coming, you're going to be able to find voids. And with Ayuk's ability to create separation, it could be a good opportunity to get him the ball in space where he can create in the open field. We haven't seen too many whole shot touchdowns from Ayuk over his career, but this could be one of those situations where it works. Because when you have an aggressive style defense that likes to get home as fast as they can and likes to come with a lot of different players from different spots, it can create opportunities once you catch the ball. Because if your second and third unit or second and third level of your defense has come on a blitz, that leaves a void for you to be able to create. So Ayuk's ability to run an extensive route tree, to run double moves, those things are going to be very important. Kyle Shanahan has done some interesting things over the last couple of weeks, especially this week against Jacksonville, where he ran a very uh, deep whip route. It was like 20 yards down the field, and then Ayuk broke in and then broke back out. It was interesting. I haven't seen that from Kyle Shanahan. That was something that he dialed up to beat Jacksonville. So when you're talking about guys who can do it, there's not very many players in this league that can run the type of routes that Brandon Ayuk does. So using him against these guys is going to be important. Creating that separation, I think this is a weakness of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. They give up nearly 270 yards through the air. So this is an opportunity for the 49ers to be able to take advantage. And Tampa Bay's willingness and eagerness to stop the 49ers run could mean you see a lot of eight-man boxes. Seen them in Cleveland. You've seen them in Minnesota. You've seen them with the Cincinnati Bengals. And now you've seen them with the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the blueprint or what people believe is the blueprint to stop the 49ers. It worked when Debo Samuel wasn't in the mix. It worked when Trent Williams wasn't playing left tackle. It did not work once they were back against Jacksonville. That was a good defense that they went against. That was some good cornerbacks, not great cornerbacks, but good cornerbacks that they had out there. Here's another situation where you have a really good front seven, a good defensive line that can put pressure on the quarterback, 
Shaq Barrett is, is a very solid guy. Uh, they've got other guys that can bring pressure, including right up the middle, right in your face in Vita Vea. So uh, they have a lot of potential. But one way to defeat a team that wants to load the box, wants to bring pressure, wants to put a single high safety look, is find situations where you can get the ball to Brandon Ayuk. So I think Ayuk and his matchup is going to be huge for the 49ers to exploit in this football game. Another one I like is Debo Samuel in space and with screens. So this is going to be kind of a carbon copy thing that you're going to hear probably week to week until teams decide to change their method of attack. And what am I talking about? Well, teams have been very inclined to bring those eight guys in the box and bring pressure right into Brock Purdy's face. If you're going to do that, though, it allows you to run some quick screens and some quick uh, getters out there to Debo Samuel. We saw it a little bit against the Jaguars. He's just out there in the slot. Uh, no, The safety playing well off. He just throws him the football. And let's be honest, if athletically Josh Allen wasn't as talented at the defensive end spot as he is, uh, Debo Samuel probably walked into the end zone. So I think there's going to be some open areas for Debo to get the ball. And those are some quick hitters where if you see a, a blitz is coming, you're able to diagnose it. Brock Purdy can have some built-in screens this week to get the ball to Debo in space and just allow him to create, even if it's four to seven to eight yards on those pass completions. They don't have to be whole shots. They don't have to be touchdowns. Those are just ways to determine and try to slow down that, those blitzes. All of a sudden, you, you force them out of what they like to do. You force them out of how they want to dictate tempo, and then you start dictating it yourself. And that's one way you do it, to get rid of the ball quickly, get it into your playmaker's hands in space. So I think that's going to be a big part of it. We already talked so much about Debo's effect without the ball in his hand. Here's an effect with it in his hand. Those quick screens are important, and that will definitely slow down the pass rush. So that's one thing I'm looking for the 49ers to exploit and take advantage of in this game. Ayuk against the two corners, uh, Dean and Davis, and then Debo Samuel uh, taking advantage of screens. He's just a matchup problem, and he's going to make you tackle in space. Another guy that's going to make it difficult uh, for any team is going to be George Kittle. And I think George Kittle's got an advantage over the safeties for the Bucks. Antoine Winfield, of course, uh, has been pretty good. He had a really good run when the when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in 2020 as a rookie. Thought he played really good. And then Christian Nizine is going to be the other guy that they're going to be going against. You could also see Neil as well in the safety room. Uh, but I think George Kittle proved last week that you got to be careful what matchups of defense you come up with against George Kittle. And why do I like these matchups so much? Well, whenever you have a team that's willing to run blitzes, you're going to get some unique matchups. You're going to get sometimes when George Kittle is matched up against Antoine Winfield one-on-one -on -one, or when he's matched up uh, you know, against David one-on-one, -on -one, the linebacker. There are going to be opportunities for George Kittle to be able to get some nice matchups where he can really take advantage of some of these players on defense. And I think Devin White, Levante, David are good, but I don't think they can cover George Kittle. Devin Lloyd had a lot of speed last week, and he got beat on a wheel route for a touchdown. So you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz. And that's what I want to see the 49ers take advantage of. The 49ers scored 34 points last week. It could have easily been more. I want to see them execute at a high level because they need to take some of the pressure off of their offensive line. We just talked about Colt McKivitz being a little nicked up. 
We know Trent Williams, even though he got out of the game unscathed, it's still not going to be 100%. He took a vet day today, so he's probably going to be, what, 75 80% for the game on Sunday. He said he was 70-75 to 75 going into last week. Maybe a little bit of an improvement for Trent Williams headed into Tampa Bay, and then it's going to be a quick turnaround for Seattle, so it's going to be tough for Trent. But take the pressure off that offensive line. you got a, a somewhat banged-up left tackle. You've got a backup left guard in John Feliciano, and Feliciano played brilliantly. He played fantastic. Uh, the film was fun to break down. You can go over to Patreon. Every single play from the season broke down over on Patreon. They're all available, so go check that out. Offensive and defensively broke up by half. Um, but Feliciano played good. But you've got Brendan with a tough matchup against Vita Vea. Uh, if Vita Vea wants to, he can walk Jake Brendel right back into the quarterback every single play. The guy is just that good. Plus, he's really great against the run, so they're going to have to find ways to handle him and work against him to create lanes for Christian McCaffrey to run the football. Then you look over at Spencer Burford. He played a lot better in this game, but they're going to have some real tough matchups. They have defensive linemen like Kalia Kansi and Logan Hall who are going to do some stuff, not to mention William Golson. Uh, but another guy to keep in mind and watch is Yaya Diaby. He's been playing pretty good. He played well against Tennessee last week. So they've got some guys on the defensive line that can create not just stopping the run. They're very good against stopping the run. They only give up 79 yards per game on the ground. So they're good in that avenue. A lot of that via via, right? Guys who set the edge like Cansey, um, they do a good job with that. So the four years are going to have to make sure they take the pressure off of that line. Talked about McKivitz being hurt too. So it's banged up. It's got backups in. And they just got a huge matchup advantage with Vea against Brendel. So how do you do that? You get rid of the ball quickly. You get the ball to your playmakers. You allow Debo Samuel to create in space. You find a quick matchup for George Kittle. So I think the 49ers know what they have to do to go out there and defeat this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. They just have to be able to execute at a high level. They need to go out there and make sure they can handle this situation uh, and, and handle the pass rush because the pass rush is going to look to get home and they've got to take pressure off the edges. That's going to be imperative in this football game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kyle Shanahan's ability to be multiple is also going to be very important. You have to make sure that you can keep them off balance. They are going to want to dictate what you do offensively and what you're able to do. That's what the teams have been trying to do. Uh, especially in this the three-game losing streak. They tried to say, you know what? We're going to take away your run game, and we're going to make Brock Purdy beat you or beat us. And Brock Purdy did a really good job. He just had some, some critical mistakes, right? Uh, the 49ers also had some opportunities they didn't take advantage of. But the 49ers have started to rebound to what these teams were doing with them. And, of course, Debo is a big reason why, and Trent is a big reason why. Because when Trent's out there, your second-level blocks are better because you don't have to give help to him. But when Debo's out there, you just can even split the attention of the defense. You put McCaffrey on one side, you put Debo on the other, it splits their attention. But also, you put them in the backfield together, and they don't know what's going to happen. Are you going to motion out? Are you going to shift? You put them over together. Well, all the formation changes, motions, shifts, the interchangeable pieces of McCaffrey and Debo make it hard for defenses to kind of uh, come up with these e elaborate blitzes that can get after you. Now, they're still going to be able to be dangerous with the blitz 
And we know Brock Purdy has done better and better about locating the blitz, knowing where his hot is and getting rid of the football. And that's going to be important in this game as well. Brock Purdy's ability to navigate through what he is looking at and what he is seeing. Because a lot of times they're going to give you a different look. They're going to say, okay, here's what you can look at, but what do you actually see? And a lot of times what happens is they give you something, they show you a blitz from one area, that part bails out and they go with another one. So he's going to have to, by the way the formation is, the coverage look, and where players are positioned, be able to dictate what um, he can do with the football. They're going to look to bring a blitz and take away his hot. And he's got to make sure he can find that hot read. So it's going to be a lot on Brock Purdy. Now, the 49ers would love to establish a run game against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. But that's going to be very difficult. They do a good job of squeezing things down. They do a good job of playing the run and playing uh, their gap responsibilities. So the 49ers are going to have to be multiple. The 49ers like to do 22 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends. They like to do 21 personnel the most, uh, two running backs, one tight end. I think they're also going to have to try to spread these guys out a little bit and see what they can do as far as creating lanes using Debo uh, out wide. Get, spread the ball out horizontally. Use those screen game uh, to both Debo and McCaffrey, and then that'll somewhat uh, soften them up. So I think early on, depending on what Tampa Bay comes out and tries to do, which I believe will probably be a single high safety with eight in the box, 49ers are probably going to have to loosen them up with some rhythm throws for Brock Purdy. Now, if you're able to establish that you can run the ball, that's going to open up so much more in the play-action game. Uh, but early on in the game, be weary of play-action. Be weary of those opportunities to move the pocket because you have to worry about the blitz coming home. Last year in the very first snap of the game, Brock Purdy was ear-holed by a safety blitzing off the edge. He was hit in the middle, uh, hit in the stomach as a linebacker blitz right up the middle, and he got the ball to George Kittle on a big uh, conversion on fourth down. So they were able to get to Brock Purdy. He was just able to win. So I think that's going to be highly important for the San Francisco 49ers in this matchup and these offensive uh, matchups that they've got to exploit is Brock Purdy being able to read it and navigate it. One of his elite traits is his mental He's so smart. He just goes through his progression so quickly. He processes information so fast. And that's exactly what he's going to have to do in this game. Locating who's coming, where they're coming from. And you've got to also just know when they're not coming. One of the things that gets a lot of teams in trouble is these teams that blitz a lot, they just make you think they're blitzing a lot. A lot of times they, they make you see ghosts. They make you see things that aren't there. Uh, they give you happy feet in the pocket. Like, oh, uh, I don't know if I have enough time. You've got to be cool, calm, and collected. And Brock Purdy has showed that he is cool, calm, and collected in the pocket. Been very impressed with him all throughout his career. So he's going to have to make sure he continues that vibe is staying cool, calm, and collected in the pocket. But just don't see things that aren't there. If you see pressure, great. Throw into it. Uh, wherever that pressure comes from, that's where a vacated zone is. Get rid of the football there. You're going to get pressure. You have somebody that's going to come free. Make sure you locate, locate your hot route and get rid of it, right? You've got to make sure protections are on point this week. Jake Brendel, Brock Purdy, they've got to make sure that guys are getting lined up in the right positions. There can be no blown plays because one of the 49ers bugaboos this season 
has been negative plays. If you go back to Cleveland, their whole entire second half started with a negative play. You go back and you watch Minnesota, negative plays. Whether that was penalties or runs for losses, uh, those types of things can't happen. The 49ers need to limit negatives and come through with some big plays to stay on schedule. Staying on schedule, once again, pivotal. Does it have to be with the running game, the traditional run game? No. Be creative. Use the expansive run game. Get the ball to Debo on a jet sweep. Go ahead and, and get a quick screen out there with the extended run game and put some pressure on them out in the edge. I'd love to see you light up Kyle Juszczyk a little wide in, in ace formation, put him out there uh, as a wing player, and then right pre-snap, send Christian McCaffrey a little bit in motion, catch the football, throw it out to McCaffrey with Juszczyk leading. Those are types of plays where you take the pressure off because that inside pressure can't get to your running back or to use check, but you allow Brock Purdy to get rid of the football quickly. Get rid of the football quickly at first in this game. Make them spread out horizontal. Make them a little gun shy to bring the blitz, and then you can start taking those shots. Find screen passes to Debo Samuel in space and let him create. Find slant passes and RPO to Brandon Ayuk to let him have success. As soon as that linebacker vacates and you're running the football, now you pull it, you throw it to Ayuk, now he's got ability to make a play in the open field. And Debo can run the RPO as well. And then also, when you have the opportunity and then you know that you're going to get a matchup that you like, whether it's George Kittle on those uh, safeties or George Kittle on those linebackers, find George Kittle in space. Those are highly important this week because that's not just going to take the pressure off Brock Purdy, but pressure off a offensive line that's a little banged up. Offensive tackles are definitely banged up in this one. Trent Williams, Colton McKivis, protect them in this game. Make sure you protect Spencer Burford in this game. And Jake Brindle from Vita freaking Vea. The dude's a beast. So you just got to do a lot to get the ball out in space. Tampa Bay is going to give you opportunities. I mean, your defense is probably going to be a big reason why you win this game. They're going to give the offense more opportunities. But you've got to make sure that when you have those offensive opportunities, you take advantage of it. And don't just do things to do them. And that's what Kyle's really good at. Kyle doesn't just run the ball to run the ball. He runs the ball if he thinks it's going to be effective. He runs the ball to keep people honest. He runs the ball to set up play action. He runs the ball to dictate time of possession. But he doesn't just run the ball if he thinks it's going to be ineffective. He doesn't just throw the ball if he thinks it's going to be ineffective. So I love, I love the potential game plan that the 49ers can have in this football game. And these are some of the big matchups the 49ers can exploit and take advantage of. Ayuk, Debo. George Kittle are going to be big. And Kyle, and, and then Kyle Juszczyk, matchup problem. Let's see what happens with Kyle Juszczyk. He got involved last week. How much focus will Tampa Bay be on, put on him? Not sure. But Kyle Juszczyk will be very effective in pass protection. That's another area where I think Kyle Juszczyk is going to be huge for the 49ers. So, uh, guys, thanks for watching this episode. I really appreciate it. You guys all coming through. Uh, like and subscribe. To the channel if you haven't already listen audio platform for years cut back on believe just like always this episode brought to you by bet online where the game starts we'll be talking defense this week as well working towards the game preview show later on in the week 49ers versus tampa bay is going to be a lot of fun hope you guys enjoyed the episode i'll catch you guys on the next one until then stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.